Phones. My name is Lima Nanyam Tengarabure and I'm the host of the Evolve Talk. And we are back for season six Influence the Culture. Ultimately, what we want to do is to influence the culture. And we're still on Women's Day. We're still on Women's Month, actually. Um, uh, we're still celebrating women. On this episode, we are celebrating women in film and television. Well, no longer do women have to choose between family or career. They can have it all. There's no better time than the present to awaken, identify, and release the unique. Ultimately, today we are going to actually be looking behind the scenes of film and television where women were actually not playing a big role oh actually where women are not really kind of present in uh, our lovely guest is going to unpack what actually happens behind film and televisions behind the scenes what really happens behind the scenes well female filmmakers in south africa face many hurdles from sexual harassment to the belief that women have no place in tv industry and that is in stopping them from telling women's story help me welcome today's guest and machine hi and welcome to the evolve talk how are you i'm well thanks team and i thanks for having me as well mm, how have you been coping in this pandemic season uh it's been crazier at home mm. Uh, with my son and through work and all all of that, mm-hmm. uh, but with regards to with regards to work, it's it's been yeah, it's, it's been even more crazier. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been this crazy like since forever, but yeah, it's quite crazy on set. Um, and we're trying, however, like our schedules are falling apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we keep keep trying, you know, stay sane mm-hmm. <laughs> through everything. It really, honestly, hasn't been the greatest mm-hmm. time uh personally and uh through work it hasn't been with yet. all the regulations that we have to follow the panic and the uncertainty it's a lot yeah it's, it's a lot it places us at a new um i mean it's a different time mm. you know times are clearly changing it will never be the same again mm. uh there are a bit of we do have positives uh, as much as we have negatives. Mm. Uh, I think for me as an artist, it's, you know, we, you always need to be malleable and adjust yourself to the time. Mm. Uh, so I've been trying to keep positive and stay away from the negativity. So, yeah, it's, uh, reality is that it's hard, but try and keep as positive as we can because we, we need to keep going at the end of the day. Mm. Mm. That's 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 really good. Um, so the first segment, we're going to the first segment of the show. We just want to get to know you as a person. Um, you know, a lot of people only see your name uh, on the credits of the river, uh, a one magic um telenovela. Take us through to who N Mashilwani is. Wow, 
<laughs> okay. Um, and Mashilwani is a very vibrant uh, young girl that was born and raised in the Val. Mm. Uh, maybe that's why you don't know so much of because <laughs> I'm papi. But um, uh-huh. yeah, I'm a very bubbly young person. Mm. <laughs> I am a single parent of a six-year-old. Uh, and also, I'm an artist, you know. Um, I've been hungry for this for quite some time. I, I could say I always knew what I wanted to mm. do. Initially, I wanted to do acting. Um, so I studied acting as early as grade eight. Wow. Um, and when I left high school, I realized, oh, no, I other skills. Mm. So instead of going to study theater, I went on to study film and television. Mm. Just to like broaden myself, you know, um, I found that I enjoyed scripting. I found that I enjoyed uh, production design. Mm. I found that I enjoyed painting. I found that I enjoyed directing. Mm. Um, so let me see. Leaving varsity, I then went on to work as a post-production coordinator, mm. which was a bit more formal for me because you don't get to the rawness of the art. So I moved from there and went on to script supervising. A lot of people know it as continuity. Mm. Um, so I, I did that for now almost like a ten years. Mm. At, uh, when in 2016, I then started training as a director mm. and I joined the river, if I'm not mistaken, in 18 mm. and then started my training there and, um, and now I've joined the directing wow. team. Wow. Has been quite a long um, <laughs> journey. Mm. Um, rightfully so, because I had to grow. You can't just direct mm. without uh, <laughs> certain uh, taking a, a particular journey in your life. So I could say it came at the right time, and everything is falling into place. Um, I'm not looking to be known um, in terms of my face being known out there. But I really do hope that my work touches uh, the people of South Africa and the entire world. Yeah. Mm, 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 mm. No, that's 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 really good. Um, okay, so take us through your journey from when you chose to study film and what made you film, or can I say what actually motivated you to study film? Uh, what motivated me to study film? Uh, like I'm saying, I come from a theater background. And so growing up, my mom was like, uh, you want to broaden, you want to broaden your opportunities, you know, and I realized I'm an old, I'm an all round artist, like, give me a paintbrush and I'll paint, give me Mm. a set and I'll dress it, give me Mm. wardrobe and I'll dress it, you know, give me the script, I'll write it. I'm an all-round artist and I found that if had I gone into theater I wouldn't have been able to stretch myself as an artist and my voice as an artist I found that mm. is one of the platforms that incorporates absolutely each and every single art form you know mm. uh, you have music in film you have acting in film you have grading you've got you know like all sorts of art forms you find in film and I found that I I felt I felt more comfortable in it because I knew uh I'll have longevity you know mm. uh, I can mm. grow as a script writer and tomorrow I can be a script editor in fact I want to grow old as a script editor I'd like to edit mm. scripts 
that I've written in in also the African narrative. Mm. So I felt like had I did had I done anything else, I wouldn't have been able to stretch myself or take upon mm. a longer journey uh, as an artist. That's why that's why essentially I went. To so it was a broader approach to where you want to initially be. Uh, yes, yes, and it. I, I found I felt like I can grow uh, extensively if I can tap into each and every department and be able to respect each and every department uh, according to its hurdles and uh, according to whatever that department is uh, is uh, is faced with. You know, so I, I felt much more comfortable in film because I knew that. I can I, uh, I can sleep uh, at night <laughs> knowing that you know um my art is touching uh, the world uh, yeah, uh, I understand so that's that's yeah. essentially what I want to and also uh just to just like a last thing with regards to why I started film uh is the fact that you want you you want your voice to be heard and you want assist those that are voiceless so with mm. that being said filmmaking for me is a platform where voice can be heard and i can actually touch people's lives and show mm. them that whatever thoughts that you have whatever um aspirations that you have they may not say that understands what you're going through and relates to what you're going through uh, you yeah. find a lot of people feeling like they experience life in their own bubble but uh, mm. filmmaking is liberating in a sense that, you know, there's nothing special about you. There's nothing special about anyone because life mm. is a common experience. Mm. And if you can share that with people that are feeling overwhelmed by life, then you know that you know that you, you've done a great job, you know. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's not about like crazy fancy shots. <laughs> it's about uh, people finding relativity. And I find great passion in African narrative which hasn't been fully fleshed but mm. um, it's part of my journey and so I find a lot of African people are struggling to express themselves especially on screen mm. um, with regards to their language and how we just express ourselves so I feel like it's a great opportunity for me to yeah. play mm. <laughs> you know mm. Mm. So, yeah. well I'm your ITV director and this field mm. in television was all still male dominated. And so take us through what exactly does a D director do for those who probably having questions on saying, okay, what does a TV director do? And how did you get yourself? I think you've answered that part, like how you got yourself to that um, field. So now I think we just need to know what exactly does. Wow. <laughs> a television director uh is a bridge between producing i feel like production mm. um to the end product mm. so making sure that you so making sure that you translate what is onto the screen visually mm. so in layman's terms you could say it's it's putting images on the word mm. um however the process is very long mm. um you need to be patient. You need to uh, listen to your gut. Mm. You need to respect yourself and take yourself seriously, number mm. one. And in turn, respect uh, the process, which is respecting everyone that is involved in the process. Mm. Um, a director is a guide. 
really. Mm. We all know what the story is, okay. but we need that person to say now, um, this is how we are going to make it. This is how we're going to materialize mm. it, you know. Um, so my job, for instance, at the river, it's, we get scripts in batches. Okay. So each and every director gets what we call a block. Mm. Um, yeah. So a block involves about six episodes. Um, and you then go home and you uh, what's this? Break the script down for yourself mm. with regards to where the story is coming from and where it's going. Mm. Um, including each and every department, from way- makeup to wardrobe to uh, art department mm. to character development, um, story arc, light, cinematography, shot sizes, and so mm. on. So you marry all of those things together into what we call then a treatment. Mm. So Mina, my, my advantage is that I had done script supervising mm. And so I break down the script quite intensely. Mm. Um, so my treatments are quite passionate. Yeah. Like if you read my treatments, you feel like you're reading like a magazine blog or mm. whatever. Um, but it's quite interesting how you can actually marry everything into one, into one, um, uh, one brain, sort of. Mm. So then we build treatments and then you then send to each and every person within that production to make sure that we're all on the same page, right? <clears throat> and then we come together into what we call a pre-production where I will take my breakdowns and share with all of the HODs and then um, give them my requirements for that block. Uh-huh. And then we get to workshop ideas and so forth. Uh, once, that is, once that is sealed, we then go on to production which is principal photography and uh that's when the the nice things start to happen mm-hmm. that's when Magic. what people call ah this is directing <laughs> uh, starts to happen mm-hmm. you know the nitty gritty stuff the getting dirty and the raw the rawness of the art mm-hmm. so then um i'll get a week to prepare um my pre-production and then the following week i'll go into principal photography which is the actual shooting Mm. and then uh in the next week hopefully if the schedule is not crazy i'll then be able to go into post-production which also usually takes about a week so i get to prepare um and then i get to go on to set uh when i'm on set um now when we got taught how to direct there's two types types of television directors mm. um you get studio television directors, and then you get uh location um directors which are more closer to film directors mm. so fortunately for the river quite an unconventional show mm. you are able to incorporate both, both studio and location mm. that's what makes the show different mm. from many other television studio shows mm. because we shoot on a location you call a studio but it's not a studio in the conventional yeah. sense that you have uh, pre-rigged lights mm. and so on so tina you could say we shoot film in studio yeah yeah <laughs> you know uh we're quite in touch with our actors we are quite in touch with you know all the entire process basically mm. you know um, I don't know if you'd like me to go into the details of the day-to-day stuff. Okay, yeah, 
but yeah yeah it's it's really that's it's really that's about it it's really interesting uh because when we look on television which is the magic like oh it's so good can there's like people that the sins and have to prepare there's a certain way that the set has to look like the meat greeters there has to be a candle on the table there has to be wara wara like mm. those kind of things people mm. don't even take note that mm. it's something that someone sat down and like yourself had to break down and say this is how it should look like and this is the feel of the mm. scene uh, I think you can probably take us mm. a bit a sneak peek of a normal mm. episode a direct like on a normal day where you're directing an episode what like happens on that day on the on the uh, on the production day sure okay so because we've got crazy schedules mm. right we don't um we don't shoot an entire episode oh, a day okay <laughs> You know, uh, so what happens again, fortunately, because, because I come from a continuity mm. background, um, what we do is we shoot, we, so within, like I told you, I get a block, mm. right? So a block will take me five days to mm. finish. So those six episodes will take me five days to finish, mm. right? So how we then break them down is, um, let's say on a Monday, if you watch the mm. river, on them, on a Monday, we'll decide, okay, Monday, we're going to go shoot um, all of the Lamini Mansion scenes, uh, scenes mm. all throughout the the, 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 the six episodes. Mm. Yeah. So then Sizo will decide, which, okay, do we start in the bedrooms? We'll, in the morning, mm. we'll debrief. And then we'll go on to our first scene, half past six. I'm on mm. set telling the guys uh, what to do. So we'll, we'll shoot like all of the uh, one after the other and then we move mm. on to like maybe downstairs in the lounge oh. we shoot all of those scenes but now the nice thing with having mm. continuity so a script supervisor is then meant to say to me as a director if I do forget those things like um, let's say Ulindu mm. left the bedroom with a handbag and then tomorrow, mm. tomorrow we shoot the kitchen stuff and there's a link where now, yesterday she left the bedroom <laughs> with a handbag, and mm. now today we're shooting the kitchen. We need to remember that that handbag, she was holding that handbag in the right mm. hand. She had her nail polish like this. She, you know, stuff like that. And then we'll have to see her come down oh. the stairs to link that story. Mm. Um, and then that's that's how the day goes. It's mm. quite crazy because it's amazing that you get to miss. Uh, but that's why you have a script supervisor, someone supervising all of those departments to say, no, remember last week she left the car with the keys on her right hand. We need to make sure that now that we're shooting her entering, this is like mm. maybe the next week or like three days later, she enters the house. You need to remember that those keys were in the right hand. Um, and so we shoot out of continuity, but then the continuity supervisor needs to make sure that the story is actually going according to, to how mm. the editors mm. put it together. Yeah, I understand. That- so, yeah. So it's quite crazy in that sense. We get to shoot like um, from half past six until half past six in the evening. So we literally don't see the sun and the day um, because we're always chasing Mm. the day. So literally when the sun comes out, we need to be rolling. 
And when mm. the sun sets, we need to be rolling <laughs> up until half past six. So it's it's quite crazy because the actors also jump mm. in and out of emotions. Um, the one minute, you know, like oh. because we're shooting out of sequence, <laughs> the one minute you're crying and then tomorrow you are happy and then the next scene again, you know, you're angry. Uh. And, uh, like, and also there's no time. Like we shoot, we shoot like, what we shoot about 15 mm. to you know 16 scenes a day so that means spending approximately 40 minutes on each scene and that's that's crazy because now mm. like you have to set up the lights change the makeup in the one in the one scene the actor has a bullet hole in the next scene they're in crutches now we mm. have to take the bullet hole out and you know put a stitch there or whatever it takes extensive time mm-hmm. and it's it's quite draining emotionally even for the crew like the people that you never get to see on screen they are the ones that actually like are, you know are working the hardest because they are chasing mm-hmm. time like i'm saying we need to make sh- like if it's a morning scene and it's a sunrise scene we need to make sure that once that sun is rising mm-hmm. the camera is rolling you know so there's mm-hmm. literally no time for mistakes uh, you can't go into it if you don't have the guts, if you don't have the heart, because it's not a nice space. Like, there's no time mm. for laughing and saying, ah, but it was a mistake. There's just absolutely <laughs> no time for a mistake. There's absolutely yeah. no time for, I don't know. Like, where is that thing? Ah, I don't, there's literally, you can't not know. <laughs> you have to be as sorry for the words. You have to be as your way through. <laughs> There's absolutely yeah. no time for ah. I couldn't find it, or ah, you know, it's just then you're gonna see mm. things flying. Then you're gonna see that I can actually turn green on the face. And then really? you're like, ah, I don't know if I wanna do this anymore. You know, because it puts it, it puts um, you on the line as well. I but mean, yeah, it's, we it's, have seen it's this really on crazy. I mean, we have seen it on TV, yeah. on some shows yeah. where in continuity is missed and we literally just, people notice like on social media, they're like, okay, she was having a handbag, but now she doesn't have a handbag. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes it becomes, it, it becomes, I mean, we're yeah. all human, mm. you know, it happens that we mm. do forget because of the amount of questions yeah. that we do have to do. Uh, but also there's mm. no excuse because the audience is not, is not meant to mm. see things like that. So you find that sometimes we did mm. correct it, but it got to post-production and oh. there was no time. And so like maybe there's something we missed while we were fixing something and now they can't use that because there's a bigger mm. issue. Let's try and hide this bigger issue and rather have the actor with the phone looking <laughs> upside down than showing the big light behind them. You know, like you have to choose your battles. Okay. I'd rather have people laugh at the phone moment than them laughing at, you know, like mm. a bigger moment or a more mm. embarrassing moment. Mm. You know, and like I said, like directing is really liaising and bridging between um pre production, which is production mm. in essence, and post. So I also need to think of time. Uh, so time is, is mm. money um, on, on, in, in filmmaking and in television. Time is money. I don't know if you guys have spoken to black producers, mm. but when they do budgets, they do something that they call um, cost per mm. minute. So every minute that you guys are there is 
like thousands and thousands wow. of rands. So as a director, I'm not just thinking cool shots and getting actors and mm. emotions. I'm also thinking time because I can't not like come the end of the day. I've only shot like two scenes. The producers are gonna be like, "Well, there's a hundred and fifty people on the set, and are you are you telling us that we need to bring these people back tomorrow?" Mm. You know, you have to. It's 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 not a nice space. It's quite tight. You know, you have to choose your battles. You need to have a clear headspace, and you need to be stern and quite sure of yeah, what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is that is quite interesting. Um, I actually learned a lot. I hope the the listeners also are learning or have learned um something about TV making because when you're looking at it, we're like, oh, it looks beautiful. It looks like granted, mm-hmm. there's people that are working behind the scenes so hard to make sure that it looks the way it does, and we really appreciate that. Yeah. So so going yeah. to the second segment of oh, man. Thanks, yeah. Man. Going to the second segment of the show, which is called Main Tea. Uh, today on our Main Tea, we'll be talking about being a woman. Um, the year was 1956, August 9th, and more than 20,000 South African women of all races raised um, staged a, a march in protest against proposed amendments of Urban Areas Act of 19, commonly referred as past laws so what does women's day as we're celebrating women's month in august what does women's day mean to you um women's day for me number one is every day Mm. um i do celebrate the month in the sense of being recognized Mm. you know as a woman but women's day for me is every day Mm. um if i am if i am to personalize personalize it I would say Women's Day, as it being every day for me, mm-hmm. is being able to, number one, be a mother to one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a very attentive mother. Um, and so that's that's my number one, being able to wake up and serve as a mother to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and number two, Women's Day is then being able to be that mother and still be able to pursue my career, which uh-huh. is quite difficult, you know. Uh, uh-huh. It's easier said than done. Yeah. Uh, but being able to pursue my career um, and also still be able to find the time to be loved and taken care uh-huh. of by um, my partner. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I love the fact that she said um, career because now more than ever, women are shut last ceiling that once limited the ability to dream, grow and change the world. You know, so what role did the woman of 1956 play for us to be where we are now? I mean, you're a TV director of which was mostly a, 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 a male dominant field of TV. I think what those women did for us is to first illustrate that as a Bangbes Fazane, we do have a voice and we are, in fact, able to stand on our own. Mm. Um, it's still not, we still, you know, we're, I'm a television director. However, it's still quite 
difficult for the people that I work with mm. to sometimes take me seriously. Mm. Uh, I see it in their eyes. <laughs> I see that sometimes you speak to someone mm. and you can clearly see that they are not listening to you. Mm. They are looking at your big lips or they are looking <laughs> at, excuse my language, your big bum. Mm. You know? Mm. So mm. Those, those things are still, yeah, those things are still there. Uh, uh, but you know the the women of that year have really placed us uh, at a point where we can say we are able to, <laughs> uh, but we have not gotten to a point where we are actually doing it. Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, I'm doing it, and yes, there are other young black television practitioners out there, uh, but the struggle is still the same. Uh, Mm. You know, because we still have, we were, we're still consumed in sets where there are still 70% of main males on set. Mm. As much as I'm a television female director, I'm probably, like, there's probably five of us as women on set still, mm. <laughs> you know. Mm. So the weight is almost still the same. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. So the weight is still the same. So there's still um, a long way to go. It's just a matter of remembering what those women did for us and carrying that baton. Mm. Definitely, there's definitely still a long way to go. Yeah, and, and that brings uh, me... the struggles that we go through are just yeah they yeah. Mm. And that brings me to uh, to the question: What challenges actually still exist for women, um, in your career field? I think you've mentioned a few. Um, could you kindly maybe expand on the challenges that still exist for women in in your career field? Um, no, okay. Like, I mean, top of my head, uh. Uh, if I am to think of my journey and what got me to where I am, is that. Um, unfortunately, media and entertainment um, are taken as something that, you know, if you have the talent now, you are able to get into and you must just find a way to get into. I feel like as an easy, though, we fall, we push ourselves into. Mm. Um, there's a lot of sexual abuse mm. in my industry. Mm. Mm. And so what I then did, unfortunately, having the mother that I had, she said to me, if you want to do this and you need work in, mm-hmm. you know, I find a lot of people that enter this industry, <laughs> I don't know how to yeah. say it in English, but you know, they don't go in like, mm-hmm. I, no one is going to disrespect mm-hmm. you if you know what you're doing, you know, no one is going to ask to sleep with you I think if it's you know what your worth is. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go mm-hmm. and pay as much as I mm, did, mm. only to be slept with, you know, because now I know my worth. And now you find that a lot of young women that enter the industry just take the fact that they have beautiful teeth, they have beautiful mm. faces, they've got a nice bum, yeah. and, and so things must happen, you know. I feel like let's also be truthful as women. Let's not take the thing of, of course, there's sexual abuse. Like I'm saying, I'm like I'm saying to you, I I talk to mm, people and I see mm. they're looking at my bum. You know, <laughs> I can see you're not listening to me. So yes, it does happen, but you need to also have it. it I wouldn't allow it to get to a point where mm. you know someone is touching me or someone is saying, and in order for you to get this gig, let's go to a hotel and whatever. Yeah. Because I know my worth, right? So um, but. The, the sexual abuse is there um, and I feel like it is propelled by the limited knowledge that mm. 
women have. Um, perhaps you didn't yeah. have the money to go and study, but what what is your value? What is your mm. where's your pillar? You know, um, are you are you a praying woman? Are you a studying woman? Are you you know a flashy woman? What what is your means of getting what you want? You know, and I think that's the narrative that we need to get into outside of the fact that we are being abused, mm-hmm. we are being belittled, we are, you know, uh, systematically, systematically, the industry is, 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 is backed up a lot mm. by a Western system. Unfortunately, our, even our black brothers that are, that, 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 that are in charge of certain positions mm. uh, that limit women still haven't grasped the 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 financial intricacies mm. of the industry, and so if, if I'm a black male and I've number one probably never studied this, or um, I'm mm. again namingi kapezulu, uh, I'm gonna be looking at money, and then I'm not gonna be taking these women in yeah. the way that they are meant to be coming in unless they know mm. how they are meant to be coming in if they don't then i'm gonna take advantage of them because that's the nature of the business like look at it even in hollywood you know mm. everywhere that's what it is if you don't have the knowledge if you don't push yourself to grasp the knowledge and understand the art form much more greater than what it is appearing on screen then obviously, like mm, they say, look, she mm, is okawate. Mm. You understand? I, I believe also it's gullibility. <laughs> um, because most people they will promise you that, oh, you're gonna be famous. Um, this is the route, and then people because they wanna be famous, they go for it. Mm. So uh, I believe what you just said is quite important for a woman to know their worth and not to be told to go to Uzaba famous. Now where you must know why exactly you want this. Yes, like what what is you know, there are people that are famous that go home eating baked beans and bread, mm, but mm, they're all mm. over the screens. And then they die tomorrow, and you find out how long mm. what, what were they working for? So if you come to me and you say, oh, Anne, I want to be famous, I, I, I literally mm. can't give you a second of my time, because you're clearly showing to me that you never took the time to, to, yeah. to ask yourself what it is you want, you know? You want to be famous, but what have you mm. done for you to be famous? That's why I said to you at the beginning of the show, it, you know, I, I mean, I actually enjoy not being known. <laughs> <laughs> People saying, who's this end? Who's this end? Who's this end? Because I'm not uh, there for that. I'm here to touch mm. people's lives, you know. And being known is like, uh, it, it, it comes with it because it's the mm. nature of the business. But I'd, and I'd rather understand the business mm. of how to sell myself than a business of just exactly. being exploited. Exactly. That that's really beautiful. Yeah. So what can you tell a young woman out there who aspires in film? Young black woman to be precise. Um a woman out there that are, yeah. A young black woman and the doctor's advice is probably sponsored by Mugabu. Girl, do you want to lose weight? Do you want to boost your immune system? Do you want to improve your blood sugar control, heart and gut health? Well, Mugapu is perfect for you. Mugapu is a nutritious breakfast cereal made from sweet potatoes, bohab, raisins and macadonia nuts. 60 sachets 
Alphamagapo is good for vitamin C, B6, potassium, magnesium, iron, zinc, calcium, high quality protein, and a very high in fiber. Get yourself Magapo today. So my name is uh, Masilu Machava. Uh, I'm a medical doctor at Lebuahomo Hospital. I work at the Department of uh, Pediatrics. I also work with uh, the Conquerors uh, Cancer Support Group. Uh, I've been with them for a year right now. Mm, mm, yeah. mm. Welcome, so, welcome to the Evolve Talk. So what right, are, we, are, are we talking about on today's episode? Uh, today we'll be talking about uh, cervical cancer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the reason why I chose this topic uh, mm. is because... Uh, if you look at it, according to the Cancer Association of South Africa, uh, one mm. in every two women has a lifetime risk of uh, developing cervical cancer or rather being diagnosed with cervical cancer. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those cancers that are not as obvious to diagnose, you know, such as cancers like melanoma and so forth. So that's mm. one of the reasons why cervical cancer is a serious threat to, to women's health. Mm. So, yeah, just to brief you a bit about it. Uh, so basically, uh, the cervix is uh, a part of the of the uterus. So the uterus is, is a medical word for a womb. So okay. a cervix will be something like, uh, if let's say you picture a womb as a head, then mm. a cervix will be a mouth. So it's basically an opening into the womb. So... Mm. Yes, so certain people are at risk of uh, developing cervical cancer and basically by that cervical cancer will be when abnormal cells develop on the mouth of the womb, which is uh, the cervix. Mm. So risk factors are usually uh, a sexually transmitted disease uh, called HPV, but then I won't get into details about it. So sexually okay. transmitted disease. Uh, also, uh, other risk factors such as uh, radiation and smoking. Smoking is also one of the most important risk factors. But mm. then in, in our case, in South Africa, most uh, women develop cervical cancer from contracting uh, HPV over time. Mm. Yeah, so the, the problem with it is that, uh, as I said, it's quite difficult to see because it mimics other abnormal uh, uterine bleeding disorders. So, mm. the side, yeah, so basically then the Cancer Association of South Africa then grouped some symptoms that can be able to assist you in seeing that, okay, I have cervical cancer. So uh, you look at symptoms such as abnormal vaginal bleeding between periods, continuous mm. uh, discharge, uh, menstrual periods becoming heavier and lasting longer. Uh, pain mm. during sex, uh, increased uh, frequency, I mean, urinary frequency, and also mm. uh, bleeding after menopause. So those are mm. some of the signs that if you see them occurring, then you need to be, to be on the lookout for cervical cancer. So since mm. uh, it, it's a condition that's hard to diagnose, the most important thing that I think we need to talk about will be screening of uh, yeah. cervical cancer. So it's very important for people to go for screening. So the screening test that we do uh, is uh, a pap smear. So a pap smear can be done by a doctor, a nurse, or basically any 
qualified uh, healthcare practitioner who knows how to do a pap smear. Mm. So I always encourage my patients that whenever you go to the clinic or whenever you go to a doctor's office, a nurse's office, and so forth, even if you mm. went there to take your child or for any other reason, you need to always ask about pap smears. You need to 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 ask if they do pap smears, and if they do, you can always make use of that opportunity to take a pap smear. So mm. in our country, it's recommended that. Uh, Every every 10 years, you need to have at least one pap smear. From the moment you turn 30, going on, you need to have a pap smear. That's uh, what's being practiced, what's recommended in the public sector. Whereas in yeah. the private sector, you can have a pap smear at any given time. You see? Mm, mm, yeah. Mm. So, it, it, yeah. So I have a question. Should um, if someone has um, t- um, this type of cancer, should yeah. they consider preventive surgeries mm-hmm. um, if they have risk factors of for cervical cancer? All right. So yeah, this is where the the importance of the pap smear comes in. When mm. when we do a pap smear, we 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 find certain types of cells. So I won't mm. really go into details about them, but then. What happens uh, when you do a pap smear, you use a certain spatula or a certain brush. Ne? Mm. And then from then you you take those cells to the lab. So when you start mm. seeing those abnormal cells, there are certain procedures that we do. So um, there's a procedure that we call LETS. In large mm. group. So basically what we do in LETS is that we just kind of scrape off those cells that are abnormal. That's, yeah. I think that's the best way to try and explain it, you see. So you, mm. you scrape off those, uh, those. And then, of course, there are other ways in which you can, you can also, there are also other procedures that you can do that are a bit more radical than that. But then if we catch that cancer while it's still early, you do a let's, and then after, after doing that let's, uh, you then uh, wait for six months and then you repeat uh, a pap smear. You see. Mm. So, so uh, just to just to see, yeah. So will I need a surgeon to move the? No, that's a, that procedure that I told you about is actually mm. a minor. It's a minor surgical procedure that okay. that we do. So mm. the type mm. there are certain periods whereby you need uh you need a surgery. Let's say for example, uh I remember that cancer happens in grades, right? Mm. So when we when you do a pap smear and then you see some abnormal cells. Uh, we classify them as high-grade SIL and low-grade SIL. So when you have mm. high-grade SIL, which is mm. not necessarily a cancer, which is just a sign that's showing us that we have some malignant cells that are developing. So that's where mm. we do a lab. But then once a cancer has developed, that's when we do something different. Let's say you, you, you do, uh, you're about to do a pap smear, then you realize that, okay, this cervix has been... Uh, is now ulcerated it's now uh, uh it has a fungating mass you know those type mm. of things that, that mm. you get to see. then that's where instead of a let's you do a biopsy and mm. then after doing a biopsy you can be able to see how far did the cancer go and mm. then that's when you can be able to take the surgical route okay so okay yeah so the surgical route is usually taken if uh the cancer is a little bit advanced you see but then before it's advanced when you only have abnormal cells 
what we do is that we use the method of scraping off those abnormal cells. Then we continually give you uh, pap smears. So you come back after six months, we check you again, and then you come back again up until we are 100% sure that you are clear. Then from then, you go back to having regular checkups, which is different from if, let's mm. say, uh, I'm about to do a pap smear, then I see a certain uh, lesion. I get to see that, oh, you have a mass here or the cervix is ulcerated. Then from then, mm. we can be able to do uh, surgical procedures. But then uh, in terms of treatment, you have that, the part that I told you about. And then there's mm. also uh, surgical procedures. So when once the cancer has advanced, uh, there are certain stages whereby the cancer is operable. And then there are certain stages whereby you cannot operate the cancer. So, yeah, that's something that I think you would probably need to talk to your doctor and just maybe the doctor can be able to explain that in in detail. Mm -hmm. Okay, finally, I've just, um, you know, one minute or less than that. How can I lower my risk for, um, for getting cervical cancer? How can I lower my risk? Yeah, that's a, that's a very important question. Uh, to lower your risk, uh, you need to make sure that uh, you you minimize the number of sexual partners that you have. Mm. Uh, make sure that you, you use uh, protection. Uh, mm. You make sure that uh, you, you, you stop smoking. Uh, mm. You stop exposing yourself or minimize exposing yourself to certain places that might have... Uh, anything that's carcinogenic you know especially if you have a genetic exposure and then if mm. you have yeah if you have a genetic exposure it's important to keep on going for regular checkups uh pap smears mm. and then even if you don't have as long as you're a woman and then you turn age 30 then you must make sure that you you keep on uh you keep on going for 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 regular pap smears that's how you can be able to minimize yeah Okay, thank you so much um, for this information. Um, if you have any questions for uh, our doctor, please send through the questions on our social media pages at the Evolve Talk on Twitter and also at the Evolve Talk on Facebook. I would like to hear what you want to hear from our doctor. Okay, we're done with this first episode. I think we should do it in pieces so that it's easier for me to, to, to edit. So I'm going to cut this and then I'll send you another okay. link. That doctor's advice was proudly brought to you by Mugabu. Um, that aspires to be in film is number one. Um, you need to. You need to study the field. You need to study the nature of the business, you know. Out to be an actress. Like, me, I can act, bruh. Like, mm. I, me, I can act. You understand? Mm. But going through the actual nature of the business, I was like, no end. <laughs> mm. acting, acting you can do on stage some other time, but not now. Mm. So I would say they would need to self um connected to someone that is on set like yeah. young black women go to set just observe observe mm. for the longest time that you can observe mm. observe observe and absorb 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 mm. 
as long as you can. And trust me, everything else will fall into place. Mm. You know, be strict with yourself. Love yourself, number one. Mm-hmm. And to a young black woman, this is what one one producer once said to me, and it has actually stayed with me forever. He mm. said, and you are young, number one. Mm. And number two, you are black. Mm. And number three, you are a woman. And mm. so no one is going to respect you for anything. He said, I don't respect you for anything because I don't know you, number wow. one. You know, he was like, I don't know you, but I'm going to tell you one thing. You are going to get to work. You are not going to cry. Mm. You can cry at home, but you always need to know that you wake up tomorrow and you get to work and you smile and you have your big girl panties on. Mm. Like, I'm going to tell young black women, this industry is, it's a, it's a big panty girl job you always have to have your big girl panties on mm. because you, you like you walking onto set sometimes you're going to have lemons hitting your face from all sorts of directions and it's going to feel like your entire world is coming to an end but you 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 literally need to pierce through you know so i would say that those women need to study the field understand it love themselves you know because it's always going to be about other things. So in order for you to push through those other things, you always need to your head on the ball and your head on the goal, you know. Um, and yeah, like I'd say that's that's what kept me alive. Like me, I get to sit, you know, but I'm, I know I'm there to direct. I'm, I'm there to direct. I'm not there to look like a slave. I'm not there to look pretty for guys to think, ah, she's the coolest director. Have you seen how she dresses? No. I'm there to touch people's mm. lives. And it's been that it's been like that from day one. And it will be like that until I reach my goal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know if, if yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I think yeah, that's that's the gist of it. Mm, thank you so much for that. Well, um I re- um I th- I don't I didn't send you but I, I received questions from people, um, listeners rather. Um, so I don't know if you'd be able to answer these two questions that I have from our listeners. Okay. Um, the first question from Tabango he asked, "How does budget affect the way your overall product? The sorry, how does budget affect the overall production ideas?" I think I got it right. Yeah, uh, budget affects everything. Mm. <laughs> All right, it affects the overall idea because mm. unfortunately to make money in this business you have to have money mm. you know number one you have to make you have to have money to make that idea come alive mm. and you need to have good producers that can tell you um, how much you need in order for that idea to come through because sometimes you find you're thinking um, you know what I want to tell like an African, an African Tinkerbell, mm. you know, mm. an African Tinkerbell. Okay. You can't just do that with 10,000 rands mm. because you have an actress that wants to do it and a guy that's an animator and, 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 mm. you know, mm. if you wanted to, if you want to take it, you need to look at where you, you are taking your idea. Like if, if, if it's a low budget idea, if it's a Mazuputu type of thing, then maybe, yeah, 10 grand is not too bad. Yeah. But if your idea is 
if your idea it has to do with having a studio, mm. then you know that you you definitely have to uh, uh, be outsourcing uh, big corporations to make it alive, to mm. make it come true. Mm. So mm. yeah, budget budget is is absolutely everything. Mm. Because sometimes you have like a good Utoluuti, your budget needs close to a hundred people every day on set. What are those people gonna eat? Mm. We're not even talking about what they need to work with. What are they gonna eat? <laughs> you understand? Mm. So budget mm. is is definitely everything. I would say to that Upudi that he has to do extensive research um, with regards to uh, producing and. Uh, what type of budget is suitable for what? Mm. Mm. Okay. And the last question comes from Ivandre Kangela. He asked, why are South African actors and media personalities getting paid so less? He further compared um, South African personalities with Americans, saying that, um, for an example, if someone is shooting in America, they will get paid this much and in comparison to South African personalities, they get they pay, they get paid less than what they get paid in America. Why is that? I don't know if you'd be able to answer that. Sure, that's a tight one. Uh, also, I don't want to be saying wrong things <laughs> on air. But um, Hollywood, as you know, is like a good <laughs> uh. Hollywood, as you know, is like a good. You're a good like twenty, if not more mm. years ahead of us. Yes, yes, you yes. know. Mm. So they have they have studios and equipment that has been insured for over uh, way longer than we have mm. had our independence and democracy. Mm. So um, our industry is not doing as well as they are. Mm. Uh, for instance, if you look at American actors. They will like if you go to an American set, they'll have like their specific caravans. Yeah, both mm. has their own caravan, mm. and then you get to the river. Mm. Uh, we do have caravans, but you know, they it, it depends on which level you are of acting where you would be assigned a caravan, a caravan. Mm. because um, we are just not there yet. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, mm. we are not there yet. Mm. Let me just say that. <laughs> um, also. Uh, South Africa has gotten into a habit of has gotten into a habit of um, you know taking people that again me I'm big on education guys again <laughs> someone that doesn't know their worth mm, mm. you know uh, some people go in uh, the industry not knowing their worth and then they get underpaid yeah and then we also have agents which have their own worth like your boy like your monin mm. she's already had that much of an influence in the industry so mm. the agency can literally you know um name their prices you know um mm. certain agencies are also not there yet they, mm. there's a lot of agencies that are out there to play with people's monies you know? yeah so um again it's knowing your worth um they are they are actors that are actually getting paid their worth but sometimes it's actors that are not willing to do any kind of thing you know you'll see that mm. actor once in a while because they know they're willing to stoop down to mm. whatever that they are being offered so you do get people that are getting paid their worth but they're not so many like mm. literally mm. you can count them 
Yeah, bo. And then the whole, uh, most of the bunch that is desperate, you'll probably, you know, get to see. Yeah. And I'm not saying people on screen are, 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 are yeah. <laughs> you know, are desperate, but uh, it's much easier to, to hire someone that doesn't know mm. their ears and, hey, they are talented. So, yeah, that's what, that's what happens in most cases. Well, um, thank you for, for that, um, for the for the answers. Thank you so much for coming, um, rather for um, accepting the invitation um, for this podcast. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I really learned a lot, and I hope the listeners as well learned a lot from you. And those who are aspiring to be in the industry also took, um, you know, notes as well from your experiences and from what you've learned in the industry. So um, as we are closing, what final words or um, what would you like to say uh, 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 just to close off the conversation? Okay. Thank you yes. so much. <laughs> thank you. I love that name. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on your podcast, Susie. Um, what I would like to say is, uh, and I'd like okay, to say to Zulu, if you don't mind. Um, so, even if city, but if we are trying to lighting or you know you're acting or directing, just take your phone mm. and just download PDFs, you know, PDFs, like long theses and just people that have mm. just for us to have legs, you know, like uh, I'd like to really emphasize how we yeah. are still lacking in the African narrative, you know. So I see again, look for mm. you, fun and no bold and the beautiful. Let's Let's find our own stories. Let's not run at let's not run after mm. looking pretty on screen it it, it really doesn't mm. mean in most cases you know so let's look at finding our feet in introducing a new african narrative mm. i feel like stories like the river are a good example of how an african narrative can mm. be translated and well received by a, a, a larger mm. audience i mean the river mm. is all over the world you yeah, understand and it's being received above so let's so that we don't find ourselves in compromising com- uh, uh, situations where we are being abused or mistreated because uh. we don't know what our rights are. So yeah, I'd like to, I'd, I'd really like to push for education and <clears throat> I think that's where our emancipation as black people uh. within the industry will come from if we equipped ourselves with knowledge and we mm. share knowledge you know <laughs> i see again we'll cut this one, please yes thank you thank you okay, okay thank you for having me ne? Yes. and this is all we have for today catch us next week for fun and informative episodes this is they will talk influence the culture